0: I check out to be honest yeah. with you like I you know it's funny he's going back to you know the song list that y'all created here people ask me what song do you want to, I don't really care because I, I completely zone out there's nothing going through my head at that point I don't hear anything I don't hear a crowd I don't feel people looking at me I don't hear music nothing it's it's complete silence and I just go
1: In is that for most all workouts pretty much yeah you just kind of So you're not even feeling pain or thinking about pain or
0: there there are times when I do feel pain, but it it quickly goes away. I feel actually the faster I move the it it dissipates again. If I slow down, for instance, especially when we're running out here, the slower I go, the more it hurts. The faster I go, the better I feel.
1: Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. Today I have Chris Hager joining me on the podcast. You guys are going to love hearing from him today. Enjoy.
0: Hi, my name is Chris Hager. I am 36 years old, father of two, and husband to a loving wife, Amanda Hager. Very
1: loving wife, Amanda. And you guys have all been a part of the gym for a really long time. Uh, Thanks for joining me today, Chris. Sure. Coming off of your big uh, 20.1 performance.
0: That was a fun one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say that that, I mean, apart from Josh, who we know you know, is kind of pro Superhuman. Yes. Yeah. But your time was had to be up there. I mean, did you end up seeing where you ended up in the open?
0: I didn't. I'm actually uh, sitting out this open. Oh, I'm so gonna, you didn't. Pro, just but just, but doing, the did it, just yeah. doing the intramural fun. Just doing
1: the gym intramural. So yeah. what, your time was 12.01? 11.57 uh, 11, 11, f- is what was. What, yep. what was. So that was the uh, ground to overhead, 95-pound, yep. bar-facing burpee, uh, 10 We'll start with eight ground to overhead, ten bar facing burpees for ten rounds. Yes. So we are going to talk about your fitness journey, but I think it's worth talking about 20.1 first. <laughs> yeah. At what point did you feel like this thing is getting hard?
0: Uh, round three, actually, I had to change up my approach quite a bit. Uh, I came out of the gate way too hot uh, on the first two rounds. I went broken with the uh, I did the uh, clean to jerk, clean a jerk is what I did because I tried the uh, snatch first and then 95 just it was feeling just too heavy you know you kind of on that fence well I, I hopped the fence to the clean and jerk and uh, it was actually Dane Howell that gave me the idea before Josh even mentioned it for the uh, warm-up there so I decided that I was going to try the snatch and the warm-up I didn't like the way it felt so I immediately told Dane we're going to do the clean and jerk we're going to go with his idea and then after the second round I'm like I better reconfigure this, otherwise I'm going to die out come round four. So I actually switched it to where I did four and four on the clean and jerks, and then I did step up burpees for the first time in my life.
1: I've,
0: yeah, so it was actually every other one that was a kind of a step and you up. you Just moved bur- really fast and just just kept moving fast. Yeah. I
1: mean that comes out to what like a minute? I guess twenty around or a minute?
0: You know? I, yeah. I, you know, honestly in all these workouts that we do, I never look at my time until I'm done. Yeah. I just I don't want to know. I don't even care to know.
1: Wow. Well, that, I mean, that goes in line with your personality, which is go hard, go fast, you know, <laughs> then <laughs> I've go I've got home. one speed, yeah. Uh, okay, man. So let's unpack this a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm curious because you have a very, I mean, you're very athletic and is that something that has been natural for you your whole life? Did you start out playing sports? Like how did you get introduced? You're 36 now, but like, when did you get introduced to working out?
0: Uh, working out, I actually didn't get introduced to working out until about junior high when I Played football for the first time uh my brother I have a twin brother I don't know if most people know that but yeah he used uh, to work out here yes he did he did but uh we were very tiny uh my mom actually held us back started in kindergarten late because how small we were so we wouldn't be uh getting beat up on all the time but uh it wasn't until junior high that they allowed us to play football uh we'd been wanting to play peewee football but they just said no Um, So that's when we started working out and I I took to it real quick it's just with our schedules and stuff after school um, and even my parents just not knowing anything about working out they really didn't allow us to lift much weights after that so it had to be done during school hours
1: what uh, position did you play wide receiver okay but
0: we were a running football team so i got to hit the linebacker a lot that was the <laughs> highlight of my career for football were you
1: fast i mean was that kind of one of your i remember back in the day 40 yard dash was like the test or 50 yards
0: yeah which crazy enough during that i know i wasn't that fast in fact i didn't even get fast until senior year in high school and uh something clicked uh it was a late bloomer too if you will so, yeah. but that's when I just started getting speed and even the, the fastest I was playing soccer too, varsity soccer and football that year. And a lot of the guys that were normally beating me, I started beating them and they were looking at me like, where did this come from? I look back and I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. So,
1: and what, what do you remember running fast? Like, was it a distance or was it just down distance the field? was
0: always my thing? The 40 yard dash, I was, I was a little above average for our team, but nothing, no, I didn't wow anybody, but I was one of those guys with the coaches always call game speed. So in games, I was faster than when I was if you ever time me on a track. Um, same with practice, too. I actually love practice more than I love games. Did
1: you work out outside of practice or the sport itself? <laughs>
0: uh, when I got to high school, I did, but it was always at the gym before I got to go home because during high school, I worked, too. So it was a uh, A lot of hours of football and school trying to fit that in. And then I had – well, it wasn't a full-time job because I worked 39 hours instead of the 40, but I was working
1: too. In high school? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where'd you work in high school? Randall's. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then did you continue working out after that in college? Or... I did.
0: Um, I actually kept going, but it wasn't at any kind of workout like we do here. Uh, it was just what I knew from football and stuff. And, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have much time to do research into working out. So, you know, I was friends with a lot of guys that would, well, I'll be honest with you. Most of my friends in high school did steroids. So they had, you know, quick, easy ways of getting big, but, uh, as far as knowing truly how to work out correctly, I would have to, you know, go talk to the coaches and stuff, and they'd give me tips and stuff like that. But then i just kind of take my own and make it what it was.
1: And were you like a person that went to the gym every day? Were you somebody who worked out three times a week?
0: Yeah, I tried to go every day, Monday through Friday. Um, Saturdays and Sundays got a little crazy because of work and stuff like that. But plus I didn't have a membership to go anywhere until actually I got out of high school, and that's when I started paying for my own membership.
1: And what some you let you somehow got in a ninja warrior at some point? I did.
0: Um, So it was about two years before we moved here. Um, Actually, Amanda got me involved with this boot camp that they were doing out at her school. So Traincast were the owners of Beast Body Fitness, and it was just a boot camp that was in the football field of the elementary where Amanda taught. So Amanda's like, "Well, you just come in and join." It's like. I don't know because I see girls out there and all they are doing is talking and having fun. doesn't really look like the workout I want to do. But come to find out, boot camp is what you make of it. Yeah. So you get out there and if you want to really push, you can really push. So Tremaine Dortch, he actually does ninja work. I didn't know this at the time, but his nickname is called The Muscle. That's just what they call him on the show. And uh, he's now a longtime runner right on there. They, he gets an automatic invite back every time he, go, he um, turns into a video now.
1: And he's like a champion or somebody who competed at a yes. high level?
0: Yeah, he makes it to Vegas just about every year. Um, and so he's one they always invite back. So he, a uh, couple months into this boot camp thing, he pulls me off to the side and he goes, look, he goes, I need a workout partner, way that could really stay up with me. I've worked out with several people, even other ninjas and stuff, and they just can't hang with me. And I just want to see if you want would to do that. You would keep your membership the same, but you work out with me instead of coming to the boot camp. I said, I'll have to talk to the boss lady, but yeah, we'll, let's see what we can do. And then a week after that, I started working out with him. Our workouts were two hours a day, and that's including a, war- a one-hour warm-up.
1: Now, was that with the whole group or just him? Just him
0: and I. Wow. And, I. and what would y'all do? So it was all these crazy workouts that he would uh, come up with, but for instance, just to – tell you how hard he got it really he would uh we'd have 12 pull-up bars in a row it was just like a series of monkey bars and our warm-up would be one push-up one pull-up go to the next bar two push-ups two pull-ups you'd do that all the way down to 12. that was a, that was a warm-up and that's where we actually kind of did the inside joke when we work out with other ninjas at the time is we just shout warm-up when everyone's feeling dead they're about to he and i were the only two standing ready to go do some more and we just yell "warm up" during the whole thing, so that was our little inside joke. Did you
1: ever want to compete? Did you? Ever I, to- I actually did.
0: I submitted two videos. Never got a call back, but I then you can do the walk uh, walk on line where you stand in line, and they luckily for me they changed it the first year that I submitted to where all you have to do is show up for the initial walk walk on line, and they take your name down, and then you can disperse. Because that was the first year they actually had it at a. Um, it was Cypress ISD owned facility, and so for legal reasons, they can't have a bunch of adults mixing in with the kids during the day. So you signed in, and then you went back to work or whatever it is you did, and then uh, on Friday you have to come back and then stay in line all night.
1: Wow! Just to
0: get a just to spot, get a chance or a chance. chance. You don't yeah. There's no guarantee. So. During this, I, and so I did this one year, and then the, and I didn't get picked. It actually ended. So what they do is they run the first five on before – so they start everything. Let me back up. They start everything at 9 p.m. because they want the lighting effect and everything like that. They want it dark. Once started start at 9, they let the uh, the walk, five walk-ons go to knock all the dew off. So the actual people that they want and market and everything to go, they can go without worrying about slipping off because of the dew. Then, wow. then they break at midnight for an hour and then this because their union people that do the staging every day, they their union so they break come back at 1 a.m let five more guys just knock the do off again. then they run all the other contestants and then they let five more go before dawn.
1: And Once, you didn't even get to do that, I was
0: two people away from running. Um, and then if you qualify or I guess if then you, you move on to regionals and then Vegas? All right, so they do it two nights in a row. First, So first top 30 make it the first night, top 15 make it the next night. Those go on to Vegas. Then Vegas, they do the same thing.
1: Wow. Did you – you never
0: went back out? Now, I did it the next year, and I actually got to talk to a producer because uh, uh, Abraham Gill, he's one of the top guys now. They, they say he looks like Lenny uh, Kravitz – or uh, sorry, like, uh, the saxophone player. Anyways – he and I were talking, and the producer came up and recognized him right away because he had just turned 21, and that you have to be 21 to run the course at the time. And they remembered him because he went to Vegas, and they actually made the course harder because he tested it, and he beat it so easily.
1: Wow. Little
0: did they know, he was just an amazing athlete. The guy was incredible. But the producer looked at me and asked me who I was. We got to talking and everything, and I told him that I had a twin brother. He goes, if you get your twin brother's submit, you'll be a shoe-in. I could never get my brother to do it. Oh, my dad man. begged and pleaded with him too, he just he wouldn't do it. He's too gun shy.
1: So after that, would you say like when did you get into CrossFit? Like was it shortly after that, or did you keep?
0: No, actually, uh, once we moved here, Amanda came and found the gym, and she I guess she talked to you for a little bit, and she talked to a couple of the coaches and everything. And she she loved it right away, and she was telling me, Chris, you got to try out CrossFit. And at the time when I was doing ninja, like a lot of the ninjas don't believe in in CrossFit because of the kipping part. They oh, say it's cheating yeah. and all that stuff. Hence why it took me so long to kip when I, once I got here. But I was still trained. Even though we lived here, most of my jobs at the time for my business were in Houston. So I would work all day, then train there until about 9 p.m. and then drive home. Hence all the time. I would, and man, was pregnant with Bryce at the time, but I was not seeing Kayson before she got to go to bed. Man, it's like, look, this isn't working out. Either you stop working out or you come to CrossFit. Yeah. So that was that was twisting my arm there. Wow. And I came to CrossFit.
1: What was the first – do you remember the first workout or any of those first weeks?
0: Man, I don't. I, I, I do remember Matt Haynes was the coach for most of the time. Yeah. And it was funny. I think because he and I are so much alike, I feel like, that we butted heads quite a bit uh-huh. in the beginning. Because I wasn't used to the time cap thing. And I remember specifically <laughs> – One workout, I don't remember what the workout was, but he capped us at, like, 20 minutes. And I only had, like, half a round to go, whatever it is we were doing at the time. And he's like, Chris, that's it. Like, he told me, and he practically took my bar away from me. And I looked at him like I was going to tackle that man. Because I did not (laughs) understand what the time cap was
1: and, you know, the reasoning behind it. Did you, in that first few months, feel like you were already in good shape? And kind of was there a part of, like, Learning how to do CrossFit better, or there was definitely an ego
0: situation there where you know I thought I was better than I actually was. Mm. CrossFit is very humbling. I don't care who you are, what background you come from. Once you get into CrossFit, it is very humbling.
1: Mm-hmm. What What would you say was the most humbling experience in, in that season? Um, I would say, I would say the Olympic
0: lifts, 100, and they still are the most humbling thing for me. Um, you know, you get in there. And, for instance, like I said earlier, when I started working out in football and stuff, you know, for my size, I've always been able to lift pretty good amount of weight. Um, my my lower body's always been stronger than my upper body because of my years in soccer and everything. But um, you know, just trying to come in here and just think you could sling some weight around like like you could before, but not knowing proper technique, it, you know, it just doesn't
1: happen. It's like golf absolutely (laughs) it's like absolutely the sequential order of these movements you can't rush any of them and they have to be precise yes what um okay so that's really what i guess four years ago Uh,
0: yeah roughly back and
1: and then since then you know you've done a few competitions like I, i mean we just we started this whole podcast with the open so you know in in your words like what is like what do you love about crossfit like why do you continue to do crossfit it's, I feel like you, it's always changing in, in the sense that just when you
0: think you've got something down, there's three more movements that you can work on, And it's forever evolving too. I mean, just the, the what, how it's evolved since I've been doing CrossFit is just amazing. And the fact that they're always coming up with new ideas or once they see a lot of people are starting to get certain movements, they change it up on you and they make that said movement a little bit harder.
1: And so it keeps challenging you. So what what do you find the most challenging outside of the Olympic movements, but more on the engine side or the effort side? Like what is the, the most difficult taxing workouts? What style of workouts are hard for you?
0: Style of workouts? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, it would, I would say anything with, with the Olympic lifts, but, you know, any one movement or thing I, it doesn't stand out to me. What stands out to me is pacing yourself. I still have not figured that out. I mean, just like I said with this last open, I've had to reconsider in the middle of the workout how I'm attacking this thing. You know, people always ask me all the time, like, because they want to know where they they, they should be and how I'm going to do. And they say, well, where do you think you'll be at in this workout? What are you going to try to finish? I look at them and say, I have no idea. I could stare at a workout and I was like, I don't know how to pace that. (laughs) I just go. You just go. go. I just go. And then I kind of feel my body out as I go. And then I... I have to reevaluate the situation midway through, which is not very good for you if you are trying to compete at a high level.
1: So, for somebody like you who's very competitive, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you've probably been like that your whole life? Yes. Okay. You come into an environment like this, the Olympic lifts, you know, there's probably some times that you would think, man, if there wasn't any Olympic lifting, I'd be great at this sport. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so being as competitive as you are, how does that? of infuse into the the workouts and and, you know do you come here just trying to win do you come here just trying to get better like where does that competition side come out and how did how is it a good thing in the environment this week's episode is brought to you by aggie land supplements located on texas avenue in southwest parkway go ahead and drop on by check them out and you'll get 10 percent off of your purchase if you mention the building better people podcast they're located, again, on Texas Avenue and Southwest Parkway in College Station.
0: Well, it's, my competitiveness is always, I've always been able to manage my competitiveness, not to a point where I know where I sit with people. Like, for instance, when I first started working out, I always knew, like, TJ, I mean, shout out TJ here, but he was always my, my pedestal. He was the guy I was trying to reach for, but in a precise way. Not saying that like, oh, I'm gonna do you know a couple of weeks of working out, you know, cleaning jerks and jerk, so I'm gonna be exactly where he's at. No. You know, I, I've talked to TJ, I talked to Josh, I've talked to you, I've talked to people figuring out how is the best way for me to get there in a precise way. So when I falter at certain things, I, I get mad, but I get pumped at the same time. I get I get mad and happy. I get mad that I faltered, but I quickly get happy because look, I just found something I could work on and I know what i messed up on.
1: Do you feel like, um, like in terms of when you started CrossFit to now, you've gotten a lot better? Oh, absolutely. And what, what are some of the ways that you measure that? Like, how do you know that? Uh,
0: well, PRs. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of that. Give
1: me kind of some data maybe on on lifts or or skills or workouts.
0: Okay. Um, specifically, I guess, well, the last thing we did, you know, my, we just did a uh, max out for, um, uh. Back squat uh, last week, I believe, and I got 335. Uh, when I first started here, I wasn't even squatting close to 300.
1: Wow! And would you say your form was has gotten better?
0: Way better. In fact, Chris Ryan and I—we talk a lot. He's like, I really wish we would have done a before and after video of uh, your movements and stuff like that, and just uh, mobility. Because I mean, between him, Josh, and I, we talk about it all the time how much more mobile I am. Which, I mean, I still got a long way to go, but it's not damn where I was.
1: Yeah. And do you feel more fit than you did back Absolutely. four or five years ago? I do. And even during
0: my Ninja Warrior training and stuff like that, I was working out two hours a day. But I feel more fit now doing the hour, forty-five minute workout, whatever. It boils yeah, down just to. the one-hour class. Yeah, just the one-hour class, and I feel more fit now than I ever have.
1: Have you ever had like a thought of going and? Triumph out for Ninja Warrior again?
0: No, because I drank the Kool-Aid and just I, for me, I don't feel like there's any going back. You know, yeah. I mean, Trey became a real good friend of mine. I mean, they're family to me, um, and I constantly talk to them, and they constantly want me to move back to Houston and train with them again. Yeah. And I, and I tell them, I said, well, you know, we used to joke about CrossFit, but I, I just I love CrossFit.
1: Yeah. Like, I respect that. So now, how many years have you done the BCS Classic? This was my third year. Okay. And what divisions did you do the last? Three years.
0: So first, first year was scale, and the second two were RX.
1: And that level of competition—did you feel competitive? Did you feel like coming out of those events, like there's a ton of room for improvement? Like, have you, where have you felt in that pool of athletes?
0: Well, way out of my league because it draws such—and I say that with sincerity because I feel like the BCS draws such an elite group of people, and it's only getting better every year. But I put myself in the Rx. It was, I was talking with um, uh, Alex the other day. And uh, he was like, he goes, Chris, and Alex Russell is who I was talking with. And he goes, Chris, I figured you'd want to do intermediate so you could try to win it. I said, if you think you're going in intermediate and you're going to win it in the BCS Classic, <laughs> you're out of your mind. And I said, no offense. And even with me, it's like it just draws such a good crowd here. Even the intermediate's hard to beat. What I like to do is go against the RX guys, so I know where I'm at with the elite of the elite. And then I can, it helps me figure out where I need to improve upon. Um, if I can hang with them on certain things, I know I'm good there. But when they destroy me on certain movements and stuff, I know that's what I need to work on. That's what was
1: your takeaway for improvements this year coming out of the event?
0: My takeaway this, was still where I've always been. It's those Olympic lifts. That's i got to get stronger and better at it. And, you know, I caught people constantly tell me how strong I am and that if I just get the movement down, it will skyrocket. My PRs will skyrocket. And so that's been my main focus. So I've actually been working with Josh for the last couple of weeks, and I told him, I said, we need to hit the reset button. He goes, I completely agree. And so we, you know, he asked me what my, my PRs were on a clean. And I said, look, I've hit 215. But it was an ugly 215. So I personally don't count. And Josh goes, Yeah, we won't count it. So we'll say right now
1: 185 for Max. I said, Perfect. And what you're talking about doing takes so much patience because you're really having to relearn the entire movement. Because if you try to do like that 215 that's ugly, you can probably get 220, but your ability to do 250, right? Or 260 or 270 is going to come from retraining your entire technique yes which is very complicated so like for you know for most people it's like man they'd rather just keep doing an ugly 215 <laughs> Yeah. and in and, and CrossFit you know it's um it patience is a thing right like you have to be patient in learning movement and mechanics and and I think that what happens is after a decade right like oh now I'm doing handstand pushups. push-ups oh now I'm doing Muscle ups. Oh, now I'm doing all these different things, but it's always this like, man. You look back, and that's a lot of workouts. Like, how many yeah. days a week do you work out? Uh, five. Yeah, now, five days a week. Try six. Yeah. So you've been doing five or six days a week for four years, and you still feel like technique is something to work on. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, and it forever will be. Absolutely. You know.
0: And the great thing about CrossFit is, I mean, you can look around, go to the gym. I dropped into a lot of gyms traveling before I shut down my business, and and there's guy, and that's what really, that's what keeps driving me. There's guys my size that are lifting three times as much. And I'm looking at them, I'm saying, if they can do it, I can do it. But I know how they did it. They practiced that movement a lot. You know, a man, and I talk all the time at home, and you know, she read a book one day where it t- takes like over ten thousand hours before you perfect anything. Um, and you got to, that goes hands down, whether it's your career, whether it's your working out, whether it's being a parent, it's all of that. You've got to put in the time. You've got to get the experience.
1: Um, what are like, some of the things that you're learning in your sessions with Josh so far?
0: Um, uh, timing, timing is key on all these lifts. Um, there's certain areas where I, where I need to pull slower and I'm pulling too fast because I feel like if I pull that slow, I won't get enough leverage to get up there. When actually I that's quite the opposite um so for instance just the clean you know it's it's slow from the ankles to the knee but then hit it hard and get get in that hip crease and then pop it up um and then it was funny because you know we've gone over this time and time again during class but it clicks when i'm in a one-on-one session with him and josh is so good at breaking down these exercises and movements in a way that you understand and if he says it one way and he can see in your eyes that you don't understand because my, my face is very animated at times. and He clearly see that I wasn't getting it. He switched it up real quick, and then I got it. It clicked.
1: That's awesome, man. And so what, you know, for you, what would be a goal, right? If it's clean or if it's the lifts, is there, do you have something that you just want to feel the movement better? you want to get your technique dialed in? Is that kind of like a current goal yes, in the gym? absolutely. I've,
0: I've essentially just chucked a weight goal out the window. Like, I, I don't care about how much I'm lifting. I want to get the movement. I want... Somebody will look at me and say, "That guy's got that movement down. Like that is clean." My my partner in the BCS Classic was the guy that, that worked with me, Brandon Klein. He's one of those guys who just jumped in the crossfit because basically I made him. But because uh, <laughs> I drank Kool-Aid so much, I'm now yeah. recruiting people to it. But he loves it now. And but he's that guy that comes in, in these Olympic lifts. He's perfect at it from mm. the get-go. I even shown a couple of people, coaches here, and they're like, yeah, he's really good. Wow. I mean, he doesn't lift an extent, like, like a ton of weight, but it's perfect. Smooth. When he does. Yeah, it's smooth. Yeah. I said, um, that's what I want
1: So to. what are, it, so like running, I'm going to bring that up, because I think you run, what's your mile time right now, or last time? Well, the fastest I've gotten
0: here, I got a 450 mile. And that was that workout where we did a mile, then then a 12. Yes. Running, yeah, a yeah. One
1: mile, three quarter mile, half mile, yes. quarter mile. Yes. Um it, it, and, I, I mean, is that the – have you ever timed your mile before that?
0: You no, know, only in school, but not since then.
1: Yeah, and when you're running, I mean, is it the same kind of mentality that you did for 20.1, just like go hard? At what point – like, does it hurt or is it painful? Like, do you ever feel like you want to slow down?
0: No, I check out. To be honest yeah. with you, like, I – you know, it's funny. It's going back to, you know, the song list that you all created here. People ask me what song do you want I don't really care because I, I completely zone out. There is nothing going through my head. At that point i don't hear anything i don't hear a crowd i don't feel people looking at me i don't hear the music nothing it's it's complete silence and i just go
1: and is that for most all workouts pretty much yeah, yeah. you just kind of so you're not even feeling pain or thinking about pain or
0: there, there are times when i do feel pain but it, it quickly goes away i feel actually the faster i move the it, it dissipates a bit if i slow down for instance especially running when we're running out here the slower i go the more it hurts the faster i go the better I feel.
1: So what are some things you've learned? You're 36, right? I mean, I'm 37. I'm not saying you're old, but you're not 25. No, we're no spring chicken. Yeah, anymore. so how have you learned to kind of balance this level of sport, right, or this level of workout with being 36? Like what is – do you have any best practices or recovery techniques?
0: Everything that I do and know now is all because of you and your coaches here. I honestly, and I'm just going to go off a little bit, but uh, all the traveling I've done, all the gyms I've done, th- we are so spoiled here. And I don't think anyone that is not – I encourage people, you may hate me for this, to, to drop into other gyms and realize how good we have it here. Charlie, I really feel like you have the best practice as far as not only finding – good characters but then you coach them but then these guys better themselves after you've coached them you set them free and then they take it upon themselves to keep better to keep better themselves so that being said you know the couple of them said that and they said that look one one workout a week you pick to go all out that just just pick that one whatever it is i mean I, I, if we had a whole week i might sit there and sit for it but usually Mondays my day it's like look get the weekend out of you let's just let's just hit it hard The other, the other one, I think one other day you pick for like I I forget the exact wording they said, but maybe a training, yeah, training day, and then the others are maintained, like do just figure out practice practice and everything, get the movements down. No,
1: I, I I love hearing you say that. I appreciate those words about the gym and the environment, and it's it's a team effort. We all pour into this place, and I love that you recognize that. And I think. What you just said is very, very wise, and a lot of times new CrossFitters don't pick up on that—that that like they go all out every time. Yeah. And you probably did that for uh, you know one hundred percent. But knowing that, man, there's some days that I don't want to go all out. There's some days that you know, man, I don't feel like it. I don't have the the capacity or the you know the strength to do that. And knowing like, okay, one day I'm gonna go all out. A few days I'm gonna train. Another day I'm gonna practice, or however that plays out. Uh, and I think as you get older, like you start feeling it more. Do you have any like uh, program rest days? Do you just rest on Sundays? Saturday, Sunday are my rest days. Okay. Which,
0: I mean, we've, we've moved recently and to help my mother in law out. She's running a business, she helps out autistic children, but she runs it like a ranch um, and deals with firemen and stuff like that. Well, it has to be some work and stuff so i do those projects on saturday and sunday which is rest day for me in two different ways it's physical activity but it's rest and the fact that you know emotionally like i love doing that stuff but it's also not working out you know so i mean there's a difference between working with your hands and working out it's yeah uh, you know people anybody that does a physical labor job understands that
1: do you pay attention to what you eat i do like I, how so
0: um, so I worked with Billy Rice and uh, most people that I've talked to, most of my friends know that I've been working with him and stuff like that. But, um, before then I really, I, you know, I watched it to a point now I watch it more so, but most people, even when I, when, uh, uh, Jordan Whitehead was here and we did that DEXA scan, she's like, you just need to eat calories. You know, <laughs> she, she showed me this spectrum and, and can't see it on, um, you know, audible, but, uh, you know, normal person's here for my age at the time I was 34 I was way off the spectrum as far as my uh, metabolism goes. She goes, most people say they have an active lifestyle. worrying you might put yours there because of my job, and then coming from there to here every day. Um, so.
1: So you just got to eat.
0: I just got to eat. Yeah. You know, but I did find out that I have a gluten, we'll call it intolerance, meaning that it was causing inflammation in my body, and not for me to get, uh, you know, to look like Kyle Beck here. Yeah. You know? And so since I've cut that out, I've actually noticed I've gained a lot of strides in. in PR in as well,
1: too. How do you get enough calories? I mean, what is your... Do you have a way, a strategy, a shake, or something that you do? Yeah, so I do... So
0: I, Billy put me on these carbs that, that I take now. I take it uh, probably about mid-morning. I eat breakfast so early. I eat breakfast about 5.30, 6 a.m., um, and then that I'll drink about 9.00, and then I'll have lunch between 11 and 12 somewhere, and then I'll drink, I'll drink another one of those carbs... Uh, Before and during the workout,
1: is it like carbs and protein? Just carbs. Protein
0: comes after the workout. Wow. Yeah, there's protein and super red. So you're like
1: on an extra carb diet. Yeah. I'm sure there's people listening to the podcast are like, man, I'll give you some of my carb, or I would love to eat some of your carbs, but you take some of the the fat that comes with them because for you it's opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, cool, man. Well, that's, I mean, awesome to hear that. You know, I love hearing that uh, what you said about when you work out, like so many people don't, they they live present in their pain and they live present in their workout, which makes it amplified, right? Like if I'm thinking about the pain associated with every rep, and I think what you said was really cool how you just zone out, like you don't even know what song's playing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but the last question I have is the podcast or the, the title of the podcast is building better people. You've seen that statement published on our walls and our T-shirts. The statement is pretty much saying that we believe you working out makes you a better version of yourself. Mm How is that true for Chris Hager?
0: Um, It puts me – I feel like it puts me in a better mindset. Um, I could have the worst of worst days, and then I come here, and I see all these people working hard, but not only working hard, but working hard to better themselves and cheer other people on. You would never – like I feel like you can come to the gym and you would never know who the top athlete is in here because everyone gets treated like they're the top athlete. There's no there's no cliques there's no drama and everything you know, it all gets checked at the door here and you'll find people that would never, never otherwise talk out in the street they're best friends in here and I feel like that being a part of that has made me a better person here. A um, man, man has changed exactly who, I, who I've been all, my whole life too so um, just finding your why too in life. Why are you doing this? For me, it's for my family and kids, but it's also to to better myself and, you know, opening myself up to people.
1: And I think it's, you have no option but to do that here because everyone's so friendly. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.